on the spencer's of the pest. Goking out at the cons, renaissance fest. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. <laughs> Sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys. It is the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here's your host, the man who just ate 12 tacos and a burrito. It's a little inflated. It was a little inflated. I will cop to the burrito. You didn't mention the Reese's ice cream bar, though. Oh, that was probably delicious. Reese's ice cream bars for dessert. The unofficial sponsors of tonight's podcast. (laughs) Or at least the reason we may be talking a little slowly. That's why <laughs> his very voice was so high. <laughs> We're feeling a little bloated. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. It is Wednesday, August 29th, Michael Jackson's birthday. Wow. Yeah. 39th anniversary of Enter the Dragon. Wow. That's true. And my friend Tom Goff's birthday. Hey, happy birthday, Tom. All right. So... Um, and I said, I know it because of the Michael Jackson connection. And um, that's weird. Anyway, uh, we are podcasting from the Brett Cave, somewhere in an undisclosed lo- location. And uh, to my right, fabulous announcer, not wearing a superhero t-shirt tonight. Not tonight. I am Nate Costa. I'd just like to point out that Michael Jackson must have had an awesome birthday 39 years ago when Enter the Dragon came out. <laughs> that would be a great birthday party. Okay, yeah, probably. All right, and across... How old would you have been? 12 or 13? Yeah, 11, 12. All right, uh, and... He he wasn't old enough to get into that movie. uh, That's all right. He He was was famous. He he was Michael Jackson. He He probably had it at his house. He went to the Oaks. They didn't card. Okay, uh... I went to the Oaks. (laughs) Yeah, it's in the 70s, man. They didn't card for anything. They didn't care. Anyway, and across from me, the moral compass who's very concerned about... Whether or not Michael Jackson legally saw Enter the Dragon. Looking for connections, Rick Brett Snyder. Podcast producer. All right. We have got uh, some comics news. We've got some movie news. We've got some television news. We're going to talk about, oh, a lot of things that upset people involving both DC and Marvel and people within DC and Marvel who are upset at each other. And then some television news. Uh, certainly a big a big thing exploded this week. Not like our podcast is going to explode, but a big piece of news for television that came out involving Joss Whedon. So we'll get there. Uh, but first of all, I want to uh, say, of course, that if you're listening to this podcast, there are there are at least at least three major ways that tie into our statistics for you to listen to the podcast, and that is uh, we are available on iTunes. We are, of course, available on www.fanboyplanet.com. We are also available on Stitcher, which you can get on an app and use through iTunes in some ways that I don't understand. The Stitcher app on your iPhone or I guess your smartphone. It's a Stitcher app. There's, There's an app on the app, iPhone. Yes. And on uh, Android. And, and on Android. That's why. Okay. So yes. you can listen to us through Stitcher. You can listen through us through, uh, to us through iTunes. and uh, You can go to our Facebook page and get notice when the new ones go up. There you go. And uh, so I want to encourage you to do that. Rate us if you like us. Tell your friends. Rate us. Subscribe on iTunes. And, uh, of course, you can support us if you enjoy what we're doing through a link on PayPal. Or I just restored the link on the on the banner side. Uh, sidebar 
for the Amazon search box or any Saw of it. It looks pretty. It does look pretty. And trying to keep up with the things we mention on this podcast, we will post a little page for shopping if something intrigues you. And I have to go back now that I've re-listened to last week and go, oh, i got to add some of the things that we talked about last week. Uh, especially for slave labor because we enjoy those people very much. Uh, So I'll go to there. And I've got some errata, a couple of corrections to make. Uh, Last week uh, we announced uh, we were excited that James Gunn... uh, Who's we? Derek. Just me. Oh, okay. You were excited by that, weren't you? No. We were mocking excitement. No, I just don't want to be dragged into your No, I re-listened. You sounded reasonably excited. I'm very good at that. Yeah. uh, Well, (laughs) I'll ask your wife later. Uh, So, uh, anyway, James Gunn, who is a friend of Fanboy Planet, or fine, just a friend of my pages on Fanboy Planet. Uh, Not Rick's. Not Rick's at all. He doesn't like mine at all. And Nate's. Who cares? Uh, So, we'll get you. We'll get a byline in there. And uh, we have a couple. Uh, anyway, I mentioned said that he was the di- writer director of a movie called Splinter, and that's not true. There have been a couple of movies called Splinter, neither one of which were written or directed by uh, James Gunn. He wrote and directed a a was similar. much better movie called well, Sliver. Slither. Oh, not Sliver. Uh, Slither <laughs> with Nathan like Fillion. Okay, and uh, also I couldn't remember the name of the Kevin Bacon, the really good Kevin Bacon movie yes. about the guy who was hypnotized by a sister-in-law and can suddenly see the dead, and that was called Stir of Echoes. And if you haven't hmm. seen it, it's based on a Richard Matheson short story. Uh, it's really good, and it's one of the very few films that I thought believably treated what happens when somebody's kind of blue-collar and doesn't really know anything about the supernatural is suddenly smack dab faced with it and having a difficult time. Is that what the Matheson story is called too? I think it's called A Stir of Echoes and then it came out, the movie came out in that time period where everybody was was dropping articles for no reason. I guess because it was too expensive on the marquee. I don't know. But anyway, Stir of Echoes, great movie. Now the story you told us about driving and listening to the podcast, is that when you remembered the name of the movie? or? Derek's you should tell to the listeners podcast. because okay. listeners are probably saying the same thing when they're right, listening. Right, because to the you probably knew it was Stir of Echoes, and on my way over here, I was I was listening to the end of the podcast, listening to myself stumble and try to find the name of this movie, and I was yelling at myself in the car, going Stir of Echoes, you idiot, Stir of Echoes. Nice. And so if if that means that you and I, gentle listener, have closer. just bonded over a moment that you have shared with me in which you've called me an idiot, hey. Great. I'm glad that we could get this much closer. Uh, and so we have a little mail. Can you give us the theme song, Nate Costa? I'll do it. All right. <clears throat> Scott and Caddy, we've got Fatty Bale. Thank you, Nate. We do. First of all, we have a follow-up from a letter last week from Troy Benson. Oh, friend of the podcast, which we you didn't uh, forward that one. Uh, no, I didn't. Kept because, it all to yourself. Did no, you? because actually, what I'm going to try to do is Troy I, uh, keeps his email address as private as possible. Right? Yes. <laughs> he, yeah. Um, apparently, uh, he feigns I- excitement about your successes as well. Thanks. Uh, so anyway, he was following up last week when we talked about why Superman isn't worthy to wield Thor's hammer. And what we, about Captain America? The, and Captain America. <laughs> we posed the question: What did he do? Uh, so his answer, his glib answer is why Superman isn't worthy to wield Thor's hammer. One word. Mullet. <laughs> yes, in the 90s, <laughs> Wait a Superman minute. had well, a mullet. But Eric Masterson can wield the hammer? Mullet. That's ponytail. Totally different. <laughs> oh. no, Thor's actually, had a mullet. 
I know he's going on. I'm not saying that Superman and Captain America are bad people. I don't know what makes one person worthy and others not. Only Odin knows that. <laughs> Does it make Bruce Wayne less of a hero because he can instill great fear as opposed to having the ability to overcome fear? Of course not. It is what it is. Oh. So I thought that was pretty good. Good response. And then Troy and I talked about... Uh, but he had some more thoughts. He sent me another one because I said... Uh, that uh, I said something about the type of individual Thor was in the old Norse days, which made Troy think more about what mullet would, would constitute worthiness for possessing the power of Thor. Odin, Bor, I'm not sure who Bor is. Bor is B-O-R. Thor's brother. Oh, really? Or Odin's brother. Okay. Beta Ray Bill and Wonder Woman are all warriors. I don't know anything about Eric Masterson, but maybe he had a warrior's heart. Captain America is a soldier, but he has always been a reluctant warrior. He would much rather have everyone see reason than have them submit to him because he punched them in the face. This differs from Wonder Woman, who lives by the paradox of peace through war. Superman is, well, just Superman. The one time Superman really had to go toe-to-toe against someone in a fight, Doomsday, he thought himself dead. Do you think in a fight that Thor would ever say to himself, I should probably be dead now and then die? So I think that those who are worthy of the power become Thor-esque. While those Thor allows to wield the hammer do not change at all. This excludes his Asgardian relatives and Masterson, whom I don't know enough about to truly comment upon. But good thought. And so we had a little discussion about that, and I'm going to edit his letters together into an article for those Excellent. who would like to just read. He is, he is possibly the most eloquent lawyer I know. Oh, well, how many lawyers do you know? <laughs> I know quite a few. I mean, okay. I'm actually related to a couple. Okay. Well, he is eloquent. Not only that, he uses his powers only, only for, for comic good. book trivia. <laughs> so, Boar is Odin's dad. Oh, okay. Ah. Okay. I didn't know that. So, and he was among the gods that created the universe. Uh, yeah. Okay. I saw that in the RNC. No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we have that one. And then I got a letter uh, from Ron Talbot, who has guested on the podcast once, a friend of mine. Wrote in, uh, my friends and I are wondering, whatever happened to the Knights of Badassdom movie? Did Peter Dinklage get cold feet now that he's such a studly, serious actor? Distribution rights, Hollywood stupidity, we are very sad. Signed, Ron Talbot. Hmm. Um, so actually, the weird thing is that there's a connection to Fanboy Planet through this. I got the answer. Word fault? Uh, it is Fanboy Planet's fault. No. Uh, I did find out the answer through uh, Sean Becker, who has been a guest on the program and is the director of The Guild. Let's Holliston. see. Holliston. Uh, he's a producer on yeah, Holliston. That's right. I, I don't know if life. I don't think he... And he works on life. Holliston. He is a producer on Holliston. And because of that, at Comic-Con, I attended a panel for Holliston and got to meet one of the co-stars of Holliston, Joe Lynch, is the director of Knights of Badassdom. So after the panel, I got to walk up and Sean introduced us. And I said, Joe, I was at your press conference last year. I really, really, really am excited for the Knights of Badassdom to come out. If people don't know what we're talking about or don't remember from an earlier podcast, it's a story in which uh, Ryan Quantin from True Blood plays a heavy metal rock star whose girlfriend dumps him. So his friends decide to take his mind off things by taking him out LARPing. And Peter Dinklage is one of the LARPers. Right. They take him out LARPing, and they accidentally uh, read a spell that raises a succubus. And so they have to actually then, all these LARPers and this guy whose career has been based on fantasy imagery in heavy metal, have to all combine forces to defeat this succubus. So uh, it looked, the trailer looks kind of funny. Um, uh, Danny Pudi from uh, Community's in it as well. 
Uh, seems like a really, really good sh- good movie. Asked Joe Lynch what's up with it, and he goes, I want to see it too. It's caught up in some kind of financing shenanigans. It's all finished, sitting on the shelf. Oh, oh that's too bad. And just whoever produced it initially, either there's a tax issue or uh, the studio went bankrupt. And it's so just they're waiting. waiting for a white knight to come in and pay off their bills. Something, yeah. Huh. So uh, Ron then followed up and said, like, any word on its release? It's like, no, there just isn't. It's tied up. We'll have to wait. Um, I'm hoping. Uh, Joe Lynch took our took my business card. Hope that he'll, like, drop an email and just say, dude. Uh, you know, know, I think it's. It dude, it's coming out next week. It's coming out. I think it'll be probably released through Dinklage Productions. Yeah, that'd be when, great because when, he's very, you know. He's betting. He's uh, yeah. getting, putting um, all his uh, for those who aren't aware, also we should talk about Holliston because we never really have. Hollis, I mean, we mentioned it once because Sean was producer. It's from Fearnet. Which is a cable network, uh, fairly small. Uh, but it's growing. It's it's a horror based cable network. It's not on Verizon. I mean, it's uh, not Comcast. on uh, Comcast. It, it is on Comcast. Is it? Yeah, Which, because uh, okay. I've got to. Look, I look because for it Todd and the Book of Pure Evil is from there, and they ran Psychoville last year. And Holliston was their first original series. Uh, Todd and the Book of Pure Evil is from Canada, and Psychoville, which they ran, which is a great series too, was from England. Okay. And so they produced their first original series was uh, is this sitcom about these two wannabe horror filmmakers who live in the town of Holliston, New Jersey, and they uh, it's their misadventures trying to do low-budget horror. Uh, while is there an active department. season going on right now? Uh, second, second season is filming right now. First season's already been broadcast, but the DVD is coming soon, I think, okay. in, I think in October. Uh, but the guy, oh, and you may, and you guys may correct me on this, but because I, I uh, shamefully admit I don't know the band really well, um, he has a uh, humongous something. A guy from Guar is like his imagine the lead guy's imaginary friend who lives in the closet, but it actually is the guy from Guar okay. who has this like skull mask and horns and and wings and I know uh, like, the character. I and he showed up, and he showed up at, at the panel. In full costume, they in always full character, do. right? They always do. So, and then D. Snyder plays uh, their oh, station nice. manager. They work at a public access cable channel, and <laughs> D. Snyder is uh, the, is the guy who's still like himself, stuck in the eighties. Nice. So it's kind of kind of a funny looking show. And Sean Becker's uh, producer on that. And I think he may have directed an episode, but I'm not positive. Uh, he'll return your emails. You ask. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> your closer friends. Use that. So uh, anyway, uh, so that's that's the answer to that. And then we, one, we got a, an eleventh hour last email from listener Brian Kent, which seems to have disappeared from my <laughs> email box. Sent. But uh, but he did send a question that just caused you know a stir of controversy here. Why did I? Why, why Brian Shimada? No, Brian. Not no, Brian Kent. Um, it's not on my phone right now, but uh, but but Rick has it. And the basic thing, uh, Brian, I apologize for not having the text, but the big thing was you were asking a question about Superman Annual Number 1, about a writer who said he hates Superman, and why would they put someone who hates Superman on it? And I forwarded the email to uh, both Nate and Rick, and we really weren't sure what controversy you're referring to, but it did mean... That we had to read Superman, we all had to buy and read Saint Superman Annual Number One, and in true good fanboy planet fashion, uh, I think that's one. Rick bought it and read it. I did not. Um, uh, 
so let's see. What did he say? Uh, started with podcast. Uh, on the 4th of July, oh, I'd asked him if he was wearing a tri- rival podcast t-shirt. I saw him at a barbecue, and he was. Which does spark to the question. He says, will you be making Fanboy Planet t-shirts? And I think that's a good next step. We talked about blowing you know, up and evolving, but I can't really say anything at the moment. We've talked. We've had some conversations. Uh, you know, unless we just But that's really the... been Rick and I over a salad. Yeah. And we're picking at the lettuce going, you know, it would be great t-shirts well the question Absolutely. is would, would people want maybe this is just what kind of people what do they want you know what in a t-shirt do they want the fanboy planet you know the ringed planet logo they want something different they which want, i gotta say listening yeah. to our podcast on an ipod where the vi- from itunes and the picture and michelle saman's graphic shows up that's awesome. Yeah. I, I just but I'm like, not sure. Uh, right. Do people want that? Do I don't want know. That? Do they want I don't know, uh, but it's a good point. Maybe we should. And, you know. Uh, we have enough friends who could do art. A few years ago, I looked into Cafe Press, and I just said, it's always, it sparks an interesting idea. I'll tell so you I've done Cafe Press, and the quality isn't very good. They want a little name patch right here that says Fanboy. With the planet. And No. No? On the back, oh, yeah. a big Fanboy planet. Think so? That's so they want a fanboy label. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. So tell you what, people, if you'd like to add to this conversation, uh, you can either you can check in on our Facebook page. You can uh, tweet. Make us. a suggestion. Make a make a drawing. Whatever you want, and send nah, it to us. I, we'll I'm pick. saying just tell us what you want. No, got, no, 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 because I've got a designer. I don't okay. want to insult no, the I'm work just, of the people uh, on our staff now, uh, which makes it sound even. I'm just trying than to give away are. some swag. You can do that. You can just give away swag. Write mm-hmm. into editor at fanboyplanet.com. Say, I want swag. Or compass at fanboyplanet.com and say, Rick, help empty your garage. <laughs> and uh, so, wow, I got a car. Uh, a VW Bug. That's awesome. Don't tell Debbie. Uh, so, anyway, uh, so you write it. But, yeah, or go to our Facebook page and, and join the conversation. Add to the conversation. Tell us, is there demand for a T-shirt? I don't know. Yeah. We did talk about this at Comic-Con because we were seeing a lot of other websites and other podcasts all wearing a uniform of sorts and T-shirts of sorts. And I've always tried to stay away from that. But I kind of feel like in today's day and age, you got to brand yourself. See, if I'm going to do one, I want to do it. I want to so do quality anna- shirts I, so that I'm I would wear. So I'm announcing the Fanboy Planet actual brand. So if you come here to the Brett Cave, we will brand you with a planet. <laughs> wow. Uh, Nate got one earlier today. Uh, so great. It still does. <laughs> it still does. Uh, so we'll see. Um, anyway, and so that was good. And so the Superman Annual Number One. This part of it has been written by one by the guy, uh, but he couldn't remember. And I understand who did a YouTube video of why you should not like Superman. First, if the guy thinks we should not like Superman, how did he even get hired to write for Superman? And I've heard some people say they're not going to buy the annual and protest to him ever being even being published on a Superman title. And what do I think about the whole thing? And so I'm very confused by that because Scott Lobdell. Is the writer right? It was supposed to be Keith Giffen. Did somebody say that? And I don't think Keith Giffen. It was solicited with. Uh, yeah, it's actually Keith the credits Giffen's on it are that Scott did the plot, and Fabian Nesesa did the script. Uh, and these are old. Says, these are old Marvel guys, so yeah. I can't think this is the guy. They've got like six artists on this thing, and boy, it really doesn't show. So. I apologize, Brian, as you're listening, and anybody else who also agrees with, oh, yeah, I remember that issue, that that, um, that controversy. We, we're really not sure what it is, but it did cause, oh, my God. He looks like Clary and the Witch Boy. I'm going to say that 
Rick bought and read this and is so disgusted by this book for reasons completely unrelated to Brian's complaint, which will lead us into comics, that he just folded back the cover to show me something because he cares this so is little never gonna be worth about anything. his investment. This so, is never going to be worth uh, anything. So, Rick, go ahead. I'm going to give you 50 seconds to tell us why this Superman annual should not – we should not spend four ninety nine, even though – one of us at this table already did. You know, tell us. Go. So when you look at the books that come out, <laughs> I can't have a conversation with you when you're staring at your watch. I, you can You look too. at the, the books that they give out on free comic book day. The, the worst ones are the ones that do like these little snippet things to introduce you to the, all the universe, and they don't give you any real story. That's what this book reads like. There is a there's a ma- major plot line going through with Superman, and I almost said Superboy, and I'll get that in a second. Where Superman and Hellspawn are back and forth either right. fighting or fighting with words back and forth there's a whole they're trying to do something with the daemonites they they've been trying to do with something with the daemonites since 52 got launched and yes. this does nothing but clutter what's going on with them 10 seconds with a bunch of additional storylines that apparently are all being pulled together in a utter mess i'm going to go 10 seconds over the other thing about this is he is drawn. Who do you think you are, looking, Michael Caine? He is drawn looking like Superboy through this whole thing, and the whole, the idea that Clark Kent has his hair down in kind of a mop in front of him, and Superman has it back is an, is it, it's entirely reversed in this book. So okay, just horrible, horrible, uh, inconsistent art, which is probably because the art is done by six different people in the book. Uh, all right, that was twenty seconds over. It means we'll, we're removing twenty seconds from, from your my life. I, I'm looking at the numbers on my arm go away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, that red jewel is blinking. Yes. Uh, so okay, so we know that. Um, how about Avengers versus X Men? Nate, the only video I could find oh, that he's had looking, anything he's looking to do for with the, Scott Lobdell and Superman was him saying he would prefer to write Superman over Batman. Okay. So and that was on yeah. the YouTube. So, I, well, that's so, all right. That's uh, all right. We could just, just ask for clarification there. We're just fully there. In, into comics right now. And, and yeah. Brian, yeah, listen, and then you have time to research this. Uh, so Avengers versus X-Men. I think this is Rick's topic. Well, I actually called Nate la- on this last week saying he needed to get caught up on yeah. Avengers versus X-Men. Because I thought one of the most awesome things happened in that book, um, both from a standpoint of storyline and from the art. And that was the introduction to the Marvel Universe of the Chaos Fist. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. I'm yeah. a little disturbed up by the title alone, but go ahead. Yeah. It was chaotic. So we, we're getting some glimpses into Hope's real power. We've known that it's been related to the people that she's around. She can manifest their power, but she can actually do a lot more. Like she she took power from the dragon of Kung Lum. Mm-hmm. She took power from Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. She took power from Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, and right. combined them all into this chaos fist that she hit scott summers with in a huge two panel okay so there's not like a new superhero called the chaos no no, it's something that hope summers can do under the right right uh, combination of environments but i thought that was just uh they're 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 starting to show why she is peter petrelli yeah peter petrelli (laughs) (laughs) that's true i mean i don't know how well that turned out yeah um but still i have a good picture with him and we were good yeah season one was great the other the other point that I wanted to was good. did you read you read of course how Spider Man took out um, Colossus and um, yes and his sister what's her name uh, Iliana Iliana 
Yeah, man. Spider-Man took out two of the Phoenix Five by himself. With the chaos web? No. No. With With his mouth. (laughs) With the get them to fight each other. Oh, He basically taunted them back and forth (laughs) until they fought each other. Okay. It was awesome. Spider-Man turned into Bugs Bunny? Spider-Man was on his deathbed. He He was severely mashed down into the dirt. But his mouth kept going, and it saved him. <laughs> it was just awesome. This book has had some great moments, and they're starting not to have as many problems with the uh, timeline. Yeah. But as Nate pointed out, they're still having some significant ones. Mm. Well, all right. Uh, so uh, let's see about books that have actually come out. Oh, you said uh, Jason Aaron on Hulk. Okay, so I think that's <laughs> that up. Um, I just don't understand. I went. I read issues eight through twelve, all in a row, just the other night, and it's just a preposterous. It's not even preposterous. It's just bad. Okay. Are they still Hulk, in the storyline where Hulk is separated from Banner? They were separated, but the end of they had a point one issue at seven point one. Uh, they the, kind of smashed back together. The Doctor Doom surgery got undone? or Yes, the Doctor Doom surgery has been undone. Okay. So now they're one again. And when the Hulk comes... So the Hulk is like the... Not necessarily the smarter one, but he's the more moral one. Rational. When he calms down, he turns back into Banner. And then Banner just causes chaos for the Hulk. So he wow. puts him in these situations like he'll go... To the middle of nowhere. So reversal for the decades-long status yeah. quo. Exactly. That's actually a clever idea. It's a clever idea, but it, they're just doing... I don't know what with it. They So Banner ends up... And my other nitpick is the art, which I've stated before. However, the art, when I stated before, was just terrible. Now it's... What's his name that was on Punisher for a long time? Steve Dillon. Steve Dillon, who's good... On, on the, the Punisher. Right on the right book. He does not draw the Hulk the way the Hulk should be drawn. Like, Punisher made a, an appearance in one of the issues. And Hulk just looks like a big green guy yeah. standing next to the Punisher. Who's, Does he still have his beard and stuff? No, he's shaved his head, though. Uh, anyway, that... Who cares about that? Okay, so... The story itself, so they're separated. Banner ends up, so one of the things is Banner is trying to collect certain items. It's going to, there's some big secret thing Banner's trying to do. So he puts Hulk in these situations where he knows, oh, the Hulk's going to do this and get this, and then I'll be able to do this. And then when I turn back into the Hulk, he'll be in this other situation, and he'll do this, and he'll get me this. One of the things he had to do was get the finger of this drug-running dog man. The dude who sells drugs is a human dog person. Not like a werewolf. It's not like one of Banner's prior creations? No. He's a drug-running man-dog, dog-man, whatever. So it was just a really lame character. And somehow... Regular human You're beings. You're losing me right now. I mean, I realize they've lost you, but it's... It's uh, hard to explain. I want, what I want to do... I see pain on your face. Yeah. I really I, do. And I'm I sorry. Wanna, I'm sorry. I just read this past week the um, season one Hulk 
I bet that was really good. It's really good. I want to loan it to you and and see and what you think your about faith it. Faith and hope. Yeah, because it's a read. Uh, it Fred is actually, Van Lint wrote. Or Lindsay, it's it's, or it's a beautiful right? book. It's well scripted, and uh, they did some. I like most of those. They kind of twist the original origin story. They kind of modernize it. And they bring in more elements from the story that's going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So before you leave tonight, I want to loan you that so you can. That's nice. Okay. Heal a little bit. That. Steve managed recording the Brett Cave. It's almost as good as being in an actual comic book <laughs> store. Because it's like, holy crap. Well, we have stuff on stock. Yeah. So what? here's my major nitpick. Hulk was having problems fighting people. Yeah. Like regular guys. Oh. And he got shot in the face and like the bullets went into his skin. Uh-huh. Uh, he told the Punisher to shoot him in the face so he could stay angry. The bullets went into his skin instead of bouncing off like they normally do. Uh, he got stabbed with, like, hypodermic needles. So he's weaker. Are you sure it's not just, like, a thing they're going to, a story element they're going to use? Uh, who knows? You don't care. It's a possibility, but I don't care because it's, if in part six they redeem everything that sucked in parts one through five, I still don't like the say, story. Oh, okay. okay. You know what it because sounds Because parts like, one through five sucked. It sounds yeah. a lot like Jekyll. Remember the uh, I British do remember show? The, yes, by Stephen Moffat. Yeah. It's a great yeah. show. Redeeming a, story, a story by having a good ending doesn't make the whole no, first I, part of the story I, I'm good. I agree with you. Mm. Don't, don't spy. I, I understand. Disgust. And yet you're still buying it. Let's look to the future. I have to. Let's <laughs> 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 we understand that. It's said, and people listening at home, they understand that. <laughs> Let's talk about the future. The, you said you were excited about the Uncanny Avengers lineup. So tell yeah. me about it. I'm excited about that. Rick is. Rick knows the lineup. I'm, I'm the one who gave you the lineup. Did you write it down? No, I didn't. No? It's it's, uh, it's Captain America. It's Weird. actually uh, one of my favorite X Men who doesn't get enough enough uh, book time is Havoc. Okay, Scarlet Witch isn't Havoc in space with I the you know, human? That's things one of those weird change. things that uh, uh, okay. I haven't seen him through the whole Avengers versus X Men. Maybe in one panel. I'm not even sure about that. But um, so you've got. I'm trying to bring up the list here. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Captain America, Wolverine, Havoc, Thor, Rogue, Scarlet Witch, and they're going to come together to take down what big bad? Red Skull. Red Skull and his S-Men, whatever the S-Men are. But uh, that's a good that's a good book. I, there are, there are more as super teams go. That's sort of like um, I don't see the weak spot. Yeah, like Captain America is the weakest member of that strength wise. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the probably the weakest part is probably Scarlet Witch because she's a little crazy still and her powers. Chaotic. Yeah, yeah, I know, but aren't they all? <laughs> <laughs> sure, Murray. No, it's bugs. And I can't wait for Mark Wade to get on the Hulk. Oh, I know. I look at you. That's why you're <laughs> buying. It's like I want Mark Wade. Um, so let's talk about future over at DC. Uh, the world was rocked last weekend by the re- revelation of the new Justice League of America, which is coming in six months or so. Uh, after the zero issues are over and some things have changed, mm-hmm. we know some status quo has to change in uh, Justice League itself. Uh, two books are at the end of the controversial Justice League, Wonder Woman and Superman kissing issue, which was, by the way, sold out at the distributorship before oh. the book was even released today. Um, Did so, you read it? No, I came right here from the comic shop, dude. Yeah. Uh, Rick should uh, wrap it up for you real quick, like he did for me. <laughs> yeah. It is true. You want to spoil it? <laughs> I, I'll spoil the. I'll spoil the kiss. 
because it's it's not spoiling much plot. They're basically at the end of everything. They're sitting up on a roof together. You're gonna ruin this for me. She says, "I'm sad because I can't have a relationship with any normal people because it puts them in danger." And he says, "I'm sad because I can't have a relationship with any normal people because it puts them in danger." And then they kiss. And then blackout. Exactly. <laughs> I see. And then the world forgets that it ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the controversy, DC. Um, this is so. Yeah, this is. It's just. I mean, that's the way relationships. <laughs> I short out the microphone by doing a raspberry. And they're both then emotionally stunted people who don't understand how a relationship works. Exactly. And again, I don't think I ranted on. Or they're air. just super horny. I did. Okay, fair point. But uh, so it's a super hookup. Either it's, way, it's, it's, look. I'm going to rant about this. I ranted about this on my Facebook page, and here's my argument why Superman alone. Wonder Woman, I understand. She's a bit naive, although Jeff Johns has also said basically she, which I'm sure spins out of the Justice League story, that whatever happened between her and Steve Trevor has been shrouded in mystery up until at least this issue. Maybe it is revealed, but she didn't. It's pretty much revealed. Okay, but the thing is, so it didn't work out. Fine. She's in one relationship with, with a man. One period yeah first love whatever first man she ever saw first man she ever saw so that didn't work out sorry uh it would have been nice had it uh but it's beside the point my point is superman of all people grant morrison has very very cleverly and assiduously stuck to that he's carrying a torch for lois lane Uh there is no question there is something that's holding him back there's something that is constantly messed it up, whatever. But of all the characters in the DC universe, no matter what incarnation, uh, what reality you're in, Superman is the one noble guy who you could believably, even in 2012, envision carrying a torch for a woman and, and not ho- hooking, and, up, and with not hooking up with someone else because... He's waiting for that moment to make it work because the door has not closed and he's not going to screw it up. He's too nice a guy to make a move on her when she's already with another person. Yeah, absolutely. His problem is the Clark Clark Kent side of him is a nerd. He's like us. He's too afraid to speak. And that's okay. You know, that's – but but Superman would not. That's just what I just – I find that a a cheap tactic to get – uh, to get a news headline, which worked, don't get me wrong. Oh, sure. But as far as the story should Sell go, some books, yeah. and the purpose of these books, we're getting away from, look, and again, I go back to, this is Grant Morrison's theory in Super Gods, which, by the way, just came out in paperback a few months ago, mm-hmm. so pick it up if you haven't already, uh, is, look, especially Superman, but, but all these characters, I am tired of reading them being weaker than me. I read them because they're supposed to be a little better than me and show what's supposed to happen. That is still the strength, whether people writing it realize or not, about Spider-Man. Peter Parker is a character who constantly screws up, so if he didn't have spider powers, you betcha he wouldn't be, in many days and many weeks, Not he's not in good, as good a shape as me. But the fact that he still does the right thing and puts on the spider costume and fights crime and fights evil, he is better than me. He's stronger than me, and that's why I read. I like reading someone who is an example to me. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I laugh. I'm sorry. I had to let y'all. You. I laughed because this was the last. I laughed because (laughs) when I was in school 
and I had a cold and I had to go to school anyway, I would think about and all those and times. Jo- and you and Joe Schuster created Sp- Superman? No, okay. Yes. I was thinking of all the times that Spider-Man caught a cold in his series and still went out and fought That's crime. right. And that inspired. Well, you know, but that's the thing is why I bought into Andrew Garfield at Comic-Con said that. You know, like Spider-Man was the guy who did the right thing even though he had every reason yeah. not to. Why Brian Singer's Superman Returns such a disappointment? Because at Comic-Con, Brian Singer said, I think the best thing I've ever heard anybody sum up about Superman. He ha- he fights the urge to be cynical. He knows us at our worst mm-hmm. and still exemplifies the best of what we can be. And when you do this, that's just a cheap tactic, and that's Jeff Johns. Yeah. I'm sorry. I like Jeff Johns writing solo books. His Justice League has not been that exciting to me. You know, I, th- I thought when I saw the cover... And the cover has them flying. Her lasso looks her an lasso awful is, like Spider-Man's web is drawn by Todd McFarlane. But her lasso is all over him, which means Whoa, she's controlling him. You bet she, it is. Which means she's uh, controlling him on the cover. They didn't think about that. That makes it a cool image. That's all yeah. they cared about. Yeah. And this is bad editing. This is just drawing people in. I'm sorry. It might be a good story. I haven't read it yet. It's I might truly story. enjoy it. But I think that their plot You're points done... For for shock value and not for anything organic and not for great storytelling with anything long lasting beyond, we got to set up the next series. The last page of this book says like what's going to happen in the next year. Which I'm sorry, Brad Meltzer's Justice League promised me that too, and that was the biggest. It's not Brad Meltzer's fault. When he finished, he said like what's going to happen, and then he didn't know the new Fifty Two was coming. So they teased so many great Justice League storylines that never mm. happened. Mm-hmm. Which they root? did the same thing with Booster Gold. The that, chalkboard. His oh, eye just twitched. Oh, oh that oh, yeah. pissed me off too. Because then they brought back Booster Gold. They made Booster Gold into a character who was awesome. Yeah. Then guess what we did in the new Fifty Two? We they reminded you of the again. days when nobody liked Booster Gold. Let's yeah. reduce him to what he was. Yep. That sucked. And what really hurts about that is Jeff Johns was the guy that made Booster Gold cool. What hurts most is that I believe the three of us. On this podcast, who had read, maybe it was just you and I, Rick, who had read the Flashpoint crossover thought and then the Booster remember, Gold, right? thought he would be the one yes. that remembered yes. everything, which he should be. He should be. But, you know, okay, whatever, DC. Because you, know, you, you can't decide what you, I mean, that's the thing is, we know they don't know truly what they want to do. He might still be the one who, who will eventually remember because of something. Yeah. When he picks up Batman's letter, that'll be it. Maybe. No, I mean, you're smiling as you say that. You've got that impish grin that says, I've said something facetious. But I think that that might be. And why not? That would be the the, the right trigger. Something from the previous universe. Still must exist because of the next thing. There's a little... And my God, could the Pandora panel be more obvious? Could you be more on the nose with the character we know to be Pandora holding a box saying, Open Open it. it! I, I thought you didn't read this yet, Derek. I read that last page. <laughs> that is, uh, but it was put it's on bleeding cool today. It's a skull. It says, and coming in two thousand. Oh, it's the skull. Oh my God, it's the skull that was stolen from. Oh crud! I forget who's uh, Rex Mason's thing or something or Simon Stagg's. It, oh, for the government, they had the skull, and Steve mm-hmm. Trevor said, "Oh, it's gone." Then you have Superman and Batman fighting, which is going to necessitate the creation of Justice League of America. Also, oh, there's Shazam. Yeah, uh, Shazam's going to fight them in the next and year. And apparently, Namor is going to attack. Rogue. Oh no, that's Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman's going to go rogue, and uh, Cyborg is going to look really concerned. Wait a second. 
You read this one? You didn't read this I read this those one. two pages. They oh, were okay. on Bleeding Cool this afternoon. Is there no Shazam backup in this one? No, nope. there's not. It's done. What do you mean it's done? <laughs> yeah, they What's forgot done? to mention that. You're right. <laughs> Look, we got him to the train station. That's it. That's the end of the story. That should be enough. He doesn't actually turn into Captain Marvel. He just walks into a building. And he's off to Hogsworth. Oh, God. You know, it just hurts me. Is like, it really done? That's how little I have paid attention or kept up and cared. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, thank you. You know, at this point, that now that you've even said it out loud, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, you what? You're right. We had the opportunity. No, you know what? I think it is that the Justice League Zero is going to finish the story because Shazam, oh, okay. Shazam yeah, is bursting through the, through the cover. So I think that's what's going to happen. But it leads us to Justice League of America, which was revealed. So it's a, a separate title written by Jeff Johns with art by... David oh. Finch. David Finch. Oh, yeah. Right, which... How many would, issues in a row will come out on time with David Finch on art? I would I would bet you three because I'm sure he's already drawing it. He's got to have already done three in the can. All right, uh, so if uh, there's three already done, then I say four. I like his art. I just <laughs> don't care about it. and and the whole thing about this is he's supposed to be the dangerous dark ones. Oh, What's they're here. Star okay. Girl well, doing first in there of all, and, well, I'll tell you what's And you got Vibe in there. Yay, Vibe's okay, back. We knew, we knew Vibe was coming back. Yeah. The new Green Lantern is in there, the Arab American, uh-huh. which we know that and which I didn't realize that Isn't I, named Baz or something. Baz and uh I didn't realize that uh it's never I've never seen this before. I didn't realize that Jeff Johns was Lebanese. And that's been a, a big huh. selling point right now is that they've in all these promotions for this for about the the third this this Green Lantern is saying that Jeff Johns Lebanese American Jeff Johns going home to Detroit to sign, which is great. I mean, and I want to dismiss anything because the other thing is you put Star Girl in there because you got to remember that Star Girl is the character that Jeff Johns well, created, sister, named right? after his sister, uh-huh. uh, who perished in a plane crash. Okay, um, you know, and so wrong book for her, but sure. It, well, maybe. I mean, you know, because we don't know much. Here's my frustration. This does look like, so you've got Katana, who in the new uh, version, in the new 52, is essentially psychotic. I've been reading Birds of Prey to various results uh, at various levels of enjoyment. Um, you've got Green Arrow. I really haven't enjoyed what I read of that. Not at all. You've got the Savage Hawkman, which I'm here to vouch no matter who has written him has, well, okay, I should say, no, when Rob Liefeld was working, it sucked, but... Let me give Mark Poulton the chance. I, I don't know because I haven't read his reading on writing on that. That's another. Well, when Liefeld was writing, it sucked because they kept telling him change stuff that he'd already done. Right, but I should say that another cool. another errata from last week. His character is Coney Waves, not Kona Waves. Uh. So I apologize. But there's a couple of graphic novels of that for Mark Poulton. Great stuff. But you have Martin, Martian Manhunter front and center, who we know from Stormwatch is like this mysterious. They've referenced in the early issues of Justice League that they had that the Justice League had some sort of fight. With John Jones, they don't trust him. Yeah. So to put him front and center, as much as I like John Jones, the character, who at least is looking more humanoid than he has been portrayed in Stormwatch and other places, this is more of a well, closest to the to a better costume that he's had in a while too. Yeah. Um, a little, little uh, muscle beach there, um, and uh, then there's a there's an ordinary mortal. Which I'm gonna. I was hypothesizing with Steve Trevor, but I, based on not having read issue twelve, you know, I, I having read this, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is Steve Trevor. Okay, which made sense to me. So, but what I see is That's a bunch Clay of Clay Quartermain. You wish. You know, uh, I, I actually heard a theory that it was um, Sergeant Rock, 
But really, I heard that theory from you starting that theory. No, I, I read that. I, I'm not creative enough to do that. That's not true. Is this but, how Catwoman okay. always dresses now? Yes. Uh, is she unzipped? Yes. What? Yes. It's ridiculous. It distracts the bad guys. Yeah. It's a. It's the. Um, oh, what's her name? Modesty Blaze. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean. If that was why they were doing it as an homage to Modesty Blaze, I'm sure it is. I, I would accept that. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but I'll accept that. Okay. Either way, it's pandering. But, uh, you know, this is a team with kind of dark dark backgrounds. Yeah. and so, Except for Stargirl. They're the world's for, most dangerous, according to the... Uh, so I think this is kind of like the black ops team that gets to be the government-associated one. So that's, I don't know. I that's feel where like, it's going. I feel like we've read the, that story before, but yeah. maybe the people brought into the 52... What was the Justice League... Uh, elite. Elite. Yeah. And there was, wasn't was there another one? Um, no, well, there was... See, there's two things. There's Superman versus the Elite, which became which was the last uh, animated last film. Last animated film, right. Was based on, actually... Uh, it was, I can't remember what... There was uh, a limited series, I think, 10, and 10 or 12 issues. And it was called Justice League Elite. Okay. So, the, like, the survivors of the Elite and the Flash and Green Arrow... The Flash was in a different costume. Right, right, yeah, right. Okay. So, there was, like... There already was this dark Justice League. And then there was Justice League Task Force. And right. there was Justice League Extreme. DC has experimented with this idea several times. Yeah. Um, now, granted, I'm talking off the top of my head because I don't know a thing about this other than this picture. I don't know. But my hypothesis, my hypothesis is that it's an echo of those earlier storylines. For someone new to comics, yeah, you haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know that it holds anything for me other than, as Nate is implying, a long delay between the third and fourth issues. Sure. Well, you know what, though? They've been on time. Got to give DC that. They're definitely using yeah. fill-ins when they need to. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, the... the Justice uh, League of, of America... Uh, well, I'm fine with fill-ins. Give me that. Give me yeah. a good one-off fill-ins story. Fill-ins are good. The only thing is, uh, it seems like somehow the fill-ins are messing with the stories because the stories are going weird places. Mm-hmm. It, I don't could, know. it could be. Uh, okay. We also got coming, and the Green Lantern Annual will establish this. Was a bot that hadn't had a chance to read, but it brings out Baz is the rise of the Third Army, which has been intimated in the pages Green Green Lantern. All the Green Lanterns. It's an all. It's across. It's another across. Yeah, Green I do. Lantern uh, yeah, thing. I understand. But the only one that I'm reading is Green Lantern. So That's the one I'm reading. Ha ha. Which is written by Jeff Johns. So again, let me say and there's it's a, good. there are positives. I like Jeff Johns on Green Lantern. I like Jeff Johns on Aquaman. He's leaving Aquaman. This is the book. He, He's taking over. Is Aquaman ending? No, but no, was it ending? There were rumors that it was. Okay. So, okay. Uh, but now it does look like it's going to continue, which is good because it's selling really well for them. I'm happy that good. he's that he's a first tier character. Been it's Hopefully, been the new writer won't mess it up. You know, we ought to we ought to either next week or the week after we ought to go down that original list of 52 and see what's left and see what what's left. In I think comments. that'd be good. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know much about the Rose of Third Army. Just know it's coming. Um, and I want to say that in all this, we have failed to notice that a writer, a former superstar at DC, very quietly left this week as well. And I'm not talking about Rob Liefeld, though we'll talk about that. You're talking about a friend of the program? I have interviewed him. I think you may have too. I don't know. Judd Winnick? No, I haven't interviewed him. Judd Winnick left Batwing, the last book that he was writing for mm. DC. He resigned this week and said he was working on other projects. Very polite, not a flame out. It was just like, and I thought, yeah, in the last year, I'd forgotten he was writing a book at all for DC. Um, 
one, I was actually surprised that I was enjoying Batwing, but again, I just kind of got behind, and so I've got several issues to read. But um, you know, it's just kind of quiet. Like I forgot he was working there because he's not getting, wasn't getting any attention, wasn't doing. He was just doing he's solid doing work. one book. He was uh, he was writing Catwoman for a while too. Oh. So he had some controversy for Catwoman, but that faded away because everybody was more upset about Starfire in uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. So, <laughs> and rightfully so. Uh, and so, um, yeah, he just kind of faded away. And so I, I, one, wish him luck on other projects. He's a writer again whose work I've sometimes really enjoyed and sometimes not really enjoyed. But he's always the been... Of Shazam. The, Oh, yeah, okay, oh, right, dang it. Trials of Shazam. Trial, yeah. Curse of Shazam is what's going on right now in Justice League. Trials of Shazam I didn't like. Oh, stop, why must you? I was trying to wrap this up with a nice, hey, you've always been nice to me. Uh, he has. He's always been a gentleman, always been a kind, uh, been polite. And you He was know. on Real World. I know. I don't like to talk about that. <laughs> um, but he had a Pulitzer out of it, so uh, that sounds really glib for, like, you know, but he wrote a great graphic novel about his time there. His friend with Pedro Zamora, Pedro and me, great graphic novel. Really, really pushed the form forward in, in this country. So if nothing else there, and plus if if, if he's going to go back to Barry Ween, Boy Genius, his, his created series, his you know, creator-owned series, then that's what I, I hope is happening because, man, that, that series is great. I enjoyed that more than I've enjoyed anything he's ever done for DC. And that's not a cut. Barry Ween, Boy Genius is just awesome. So um, let's hope for that. Uh, but Rob Liefeld continued flaming out. He went, wait a minute. These embers are seeming to die out. Let me take this gasoline. And uh, got into a fight with Scott Snyder. And then, so, really yeah. weird. It was really, this whole Rob Liefeld leaving got weird. Uh, yeah, he, uh, Scott Snyder, like, privately tried to. So we should say we we covered this last week. We, we covered. Uh, tell, tell people who Scott Snyder is. I mean, okay, Scott Snyder is the writer on Batman, and the writer on Animal Man. Right. And we've said he's doing some really good work, and he also writes American Vampire for Vertigo, which you've, which is a really good series. Yes, uh, which was the first time Stephen King got lured into writing backups for that because he was impressed by the strength of Scott Snyder's vision for this series, and it is. It's a really good take on the vampire mythos. I mean, I can't say that anybody's ever going to do anything super. For a while, original. it was like one early story and one contemporary story. Right, right. And the he's king was writing the contemporary yeah, side. Yeah, and he's jumping around in time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, you know, in telling this story of these vampires. And so I really, really like uh, like his work. And anyway, he got in. Are you looking up the tweets, uh, Nate? Kind of. The first tweet here. Nate's going to do a dramatic reading. Just bought Justice League number 12 on Comixology. This is by far the single best comic of the DC 52 way to end the year on the highest note. Who's that from? Rob Liefeld. Really? Yeah. Wait a minute. Are you... What? That's what he just said. It's hard to know if he's being sincere. (laughs) I think he's being sincere. Oh, okay. Yeah, great, Rob Liefeld. You've, uh, okay. Hey, guys, I'm sorry. Can I have my ball back? Um, will you let me play in your court again? Because everybody hates me now. Uh, See, I think that's insincere because it wasn't that good a book. No, he just, he, well, look, considering the work he's done, well, would yeah. he really know? That's true. Um, he, he, the tweets this week became as incoherent as that one-panel superhero psychiatrist 
webcomic he tried to start a few years ago, mm. which just like was no made no sense. Jennifer J Lo actually had bought the rights to do it. It was called Shrink. Um, do you remember that webcomic? No, but here's another one. Okay. Loved working with the Dio and Harris on DC 52. Great support and energy. Too much BS below them, though. Glad to see my storylines play out. Which he's right, because apparently that Superman annual, those storylines still played out, even though he complained that they wouldn't let him do it. So, um, anyway, he got into this fight with Scott Snyder, this writer, who he said that Batman basically sells, would sell no matter who was writing it. Because it's Batman. Because it's Batman. And Scott Snyder said, well, that's kind of painful, you know. And and Scott Snyder was trying to do this privately. And Rob Liefeld made all these tweets public. And he just said, well, sales have kind of gone up. And then Gene Ha, the artist, said, I actually looked at all the um, sales figures and said, yeah, um, yeah, probably the first issue of Batman may have sold well because it was just part of the launch and it's Batman. Yeah. And... But the thing is, Batman's retained its readership. The drop is one of the least, the least drops there are over the line as far as you know. Once the initial thing wore off, and he said, "So you got to give that credit to Scott Snyder doing a really compelling story." And and Scott Snyder is the guy who came up with the idea of the Court of the Owls, the mm-hmm. addition to the to the mythos, which I think we've all agreed is oh, that's not a bad idea for the 21st century. It's it's clever. It's, it's a way to connect Jonah Hex with Bruce Wayne. Well, that that's people trying to do. You got another more. tweet? I mean, it's like we're just getting these random. And here's <laughs> and here from the mouth of madness. Two days ago, I should point out that for me, DC is far and away the superior experience as far as work for hire goes. Not even close. The pay, perks, comps, and hospitality from other departments is second to none. For the record, if you're looking at freelance, that's best. Okay. Because the other thing is someone asked, Tom Brevoort, who is an editor, it's the editor in chief now over at Marvel. He's one of something. Well, he's he's a big mucky muck. Asked him if he would hire Rob Liefeld, and he said, "No, I've kind of you know after what's been going on this week, I think we're we're not really eager to get on that train." And so Liefeld took him out, and so they got into war of words, which ended with uh, Tom Brevoort saying, "Like we have different memories of things, but I'd like to sit down and talk to you, whatever." But you know. Right now, the way you're behaving, you're like a feckless boar. And uh, Rob Liefeld saying, well, you know, I'll have you know I haven't had a drink for 10 years. So we know he doesn't know what the word feckless means. Uh, but the rest of us know only because we've heard about that on West Wing. Uh, we've been called it at one, one time. Uh, I've been called feckless a time yes. or two. I think they pronounced it differently. But uh, it, it's just, it's crazy. What? And now, he, and now it seems like he's trying to mend things, but... Like, damage done, Mr. You know what I think Liefeld. I, th- I think it's just Twitter. Twitter does that to people. They start communicating in 128 characters. I think that with the internet does that to people. Yeah. I mean, we've said that before. People feel absolutely fearless. Before, you could say something stupid you regret. Right. And no one would know, except maybe the one or two people Who were that you were with you at the time. Shot. And then nobody loaded onto Facebook. Right. You didn't have this urge to. And, and I do think people forget. I mean, we are on the podcast, so we are writing. I mean, you, know, you, have, to, you have to stand by well, there, everything the, you say. The other thing is they're all trying to get lis- uh, listenerships and followers and stuff. And yes. You don't do that by saying, hey, everything's nice and wonderful. I do. I, the Fanboy Planet tweets, boring as hell because yeah. they say, everything's nice and wonderful. Hey, the planet's still still spinning. Yep. Um, That's a great slogan for us. It's not bad. We'll work on it. Uh, <laughs> so... Are you still looking for tweets? Let's move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've only got a little bit of movie news, which is just that it leaked out this week 
leaked out. I mean, nothing too surprising that Warner Brothers has talked to the Wachowskis. They would like them to direct Justice League, the film. Um, and then I only saw the headline. I want them to go back and do Doc Frankenstein again. I know. I saw you sent me an email about that. Sorry. Look, it'll if it's going to happen, it'll happen. You can't make them do anything. Uh, Lana had some other things. I'm going to get on Twitter right now. Lana Wachowski had some other things she needed to deal with. Okay. Oh, okay. So respect that. Maybe they'll get back to Doc Frankenstein. I don't know. But on the strength of they've done this movie Cloud Atlas that's coming out. Yeah. It's supposed to be really good. Uh, or the book over there. Or at least really interesting. Um, so Warner is interested in talking to them about Justice League. Uh, they have officially made it clear that they are going to relaunch the Batman franchise through the Justice League movie and then spin him off into solo Good. films. That's the way they should do it. Skip. Skip the origin. Just tell him in just, just, just do a Justice League Justice story. League. We know how he became if Batman. there's one superhero out there you don't need to tell the origin story for, it's, it's Batman. It's Spider-Man. Oh. Okay, if there are two. So, yeah, okay. So, Superman and Spider-Man. Okay, if there are three. Anyway. Uh, Doomed Planet. Do, yes, so it's uh, yeah. So they're going to launch that, and then and then, but we I, that didn't really come as a surprise to me because they've said there was there's been rumors for for a while that it's like well then they'll spin a flash out of that, and then they'll just kind of take the opposite approach of what the Avengers did, Marvel did with the Avengers, and do the team movie first, and then spin out the new versions. Whether that includes Henry Cavill as Superman, or if someone else will be Superman, and they'll run two different. Hmm. Uh, series concurrently, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. But I saw a headline as I was just leaving my office, and I, it made me weep um, that now they're, they're saying Brett Ratner is in talks for hmm. Justice League. And I'd say, really? Because he did such a great job on X-Men at The Last Stand. And when I say such a good job, again, the word... a horrible uh, job. I do mean a horrible job, yes. yes. So... Uh, I hope that's not true. Let's let's go to television. Let's just move forward. I like we like television. Well, it's been on the internet. Pond Life leading us into Doctor Who. Episode three this morning was I know fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Ood on the loo. Well, ood on the loo. I'm just a little upset. Uh, it's a new fear I had never thought of. I have to check the bathroom for ood's now. Thanks. What was um, the ood said? I, I I don't remember. It's not like. Um, do you need this or something? I don't know. Oh. I'm just glad the Udes are going to be back. That's great. Yeah. Overall, I think Pond Life, which I knew was going to happen, is it's really just taunting us for each of the episodes that the that the Ponds will appear in in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stephen Moffat has promised that the, at least the first six episodes are going to be very standalone. And you I see the graphics for a- Angels Take Manhattan. Yes, I was just about to say. Is, Sorry. Is I would like like everybody who's into Doctor Who, and now we're losing Nate. Um, we'll get him. <laughs> It's to go. I'm hoping Still that here. I'm hoping that on the BBC America shop online that they'll have those posters because why else make these great graphics where they've done these individual movie posters yeah. in the style of the genre of the episode? You know, I because I, I don't know which one I'd buy, but I, I'd buy the Angels Take Manhattan. The Angels, on. That the so angels in Manhattan or over Man- it's not Take Manhattan. That's too Angels in Manhattan. I think it is. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm just loving what they're doing. So I'm looking forward to that. That's Saturday night, Doctor Who. Uh, on September 25th, we're getting The Dark Knight Returns, part, part one, one uh, to home video, the animated adaptation of Frank Miller's classic graphic novel. 
they've released a couple of uh, little short snippets. You've not watched them? or have I you watched, watched one. Okay. I watched the one with the cops driving down the street and going, oh, yeah, slow down. down. Slow down. Why you slow down? Because you're in for a show, kid. And I, was, I was watching that going, well, it's kind of a typical animation style. So my disappointment, and it really was like this. I'm, I'm, I love that it happened this way. As I'm going, it doesn't look like Frank Miller, and I'm going to enjoy it. But it's a shame they didn't try harder to make it look like Frank Miller. And then that iconic silhouette the, going The lightning the strike with the silhouette. And then I thought, now you tried a little too hard. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I still thought it's going to be great. Well, so, some, of, some of the camera shots, and you have to call them camera shots because the angles they used with the bat tank and the uh, gang leader down in front yeah, of it. It's right out of the book. One. I didn't watch that uh, one. It just looks awesome. Uh, Nate may be writing something to me. Is he writing upside down? Too small. No, it's okay. It's not for now. It's for later. Oh, okay. okay. All right. That's good. Okay. So uh, looking forward to that. It was released September 25th. It's part date. one. We don't know when part two is coming out. Probably six months down the line. Okay. They're, they're about six months apart. They're doing two, four to six months, let's say, because if they're, if they're really confident in what they're going to do next, they'll do, they'll do three a year. Okay. And that's been, they've been holding pretty steady to that. So, um, Anyway, and then the Avengers Blu-ray will come out the same day as well. Yes. That's the, that's, now, they're saying it's the Avengers Blu-ray combo pack, which yeah. usually means that it's it's DVD and Blu-ray in the box, yes, and, and sometimes 3D. the uh, and the, the digital, 3D and sometimes copy. the digital yeah, copy, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we'll see. But you can get it in any version. If you just have a DVD player, you can get the DVD, which does bring up a question for me. Did you get an email from Amazon about the Super... Uh, Avengers Assemble DVD pack you ordered that was going to come in the Shield briefcase? No, I've already... Uh, I, I did order it, but I didn't get a letter. You're not going to get it. I'm not going to get what? Because the company that makes the briefcase sued Disney. Because the company that makes the briefcase allowed its appearance in Avengers... But they're selling. But Disney, the, the DVD pack Disney was going to was going to sell a replica of the briefcase... <sighs> And so now they have to scramble to figure out how they're going to package it in a way that still seems cool to you, but you're not going to get the briefcase. That's so disappointing. Yeah. You know what's sorry? That just came out in the news yesterday. You know what's really disappointing about that is that the Blade Runner collection that came out in the suitcase and the suitcase had nothing to do with anything in the yeah. Blade Runner. And this one, and, and this one I'm sorry. It's so tied in I was, with the Cosmic Cube in the I, briefcase. I was really not meaning to <sighs> to assume my normal I, normal identity of Captain Schadenfreude. Uh, <laughs> you just want to watch me melt. I didn't mean to do that. Ah. I just uh, but I was I was checking because it occurred to me. I was like, oh, I should ask you. I read an I article got a about space that. cleared off in there, and that's not easy to do. I know. I've been there. That, it's hard for me to sit, partially because I look at it. Go, <laughs> I look around and I see something. I want to read that someday before I die. Uh, and uh, so anyway, um, yeah. So let's move. So I'm sorry that Shield briefcase will not be there, but what will be there is an ABC television series written with a pilot <laughs> written by Joss Whedon and his nice brother. Nice transition. Uh, and the showrunner will be his brother and, uh, oh, I can't remember the, the, other, the woman's name who worked on Dollhouse. Um, it, it's a big, long name. It begins with a T. Uh, anyway, it was announced. Writer? That, uh, she's a writer, and she'll be a showrunner with, with Zach Whedon. They're going to do a S.H.I.E.L.D. television series for ABC, and they're not just saying pilot. They're like, this is a series. I mean, of course, of course, they've got to commit to this. Uh, Joss Whedon says it will be autonomous, 
that he will promise it won't be like tightly wound in continuity with the Avengers films, but he might still seed some things in. But it won't be contradictory to it. So Nate wanted to play a game of casting. Wait, wait a minute. Wait. So what's the speculation as far as anyone else from the Marvel Universe showing up in that no show? No speculation yet. No okay. speculation. So they just say it's a S.H.I.E.L.D. series. That's all we know. So we don't even know which agents. Now, Nate... I was just wondering if they Nate, could get they could they could do it stylized. I just Nate had, emailed me a list. I want to get to finish that sentence. Okay, okay, uh, and just let me finish that sentence. You can talk about your stylization later. Okay, you're fine. not going to get the Storanko adaptation you want. I know that's what you're doing no, no, right no, no, now. No, that's not what I'm doing. I can see you rubbing your nipples. I Stop already it. do that in my head. I know <laughs> it's um, perfectly fine there. Anyway, uh, that Clay Quartermain would be one agent. Jasper Sitwell and. And this is all Nate's speculation in an email he sent to me earlier. Uh, and but he's already cast it. No, those are the characters. Oh, he's the characters he's cast? expecting. I have cast two and, of the three. And Jimmy Woo. What which about? I thought would be great because you could spin Jimmy Woo off into Agents of Atlas. Yes. But then at the same or Yellow time, Claw. in the second email. Careful. You can't do that now. No. Not when China owns all of our major entertainment corporations. The second email I had thought better. Okay. Of myself All right. and realize that Joss Whedon is going to want a strong female character, so obviously Sharon Carter has to be in it. Colby Smugglers. No, no. Yes. Colby's no, Maria bu- Hill. Colby is busy. I told you, she is busy on How I Met Your Mother for another two years. So you can't have her on, and she, we you know she has something to do with meeting your mother. Let's start with um, the most important S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, shall we? Clay Quartermain. Clay Quartermain. Yes. All right, go ahead. Played by Captain Awesome from Chuck, Ryan McPartland. Oh, my God. That would be really good. That'd be awesome. Yes, exactly. he should be. Yes. Jasper Sitwell. Jasper Sitwell has already been in some stuff. Played by Maximiliano Hernandez. Right. He was in the short film. Right, we and that guy that. wants a TV career. Yeah, why not? Okay, so he's already established. We could do that. Although I would argue that he's minor. He has been minor enough that he could be recast by a yeah. bigger name. Yes, but I think but that if why you would had, you take that man's job? But from I him. think if you had Ryan, <laughs> if you had Ryan McPartland, that's big enough, recognizable enough from a fan favorite show. Okay, go ahead. Now that's all I've got. Well, I would still say okay, Jimmy Woo. You could have Jimmy Woo. Uh, assuming what's the series? Oh, that that the new um, yeah Matthew Perry series is going to fall. Uh, yeah, the uh, guy John from Cho. Heroes. John, John, no, pardon, oh, yeah, Hero. John, yeah. John Cho. Could be John Cho is in the... Is he in a TV show now? He's in yeah, the, he's in the new Go On. He's oh, like a director Perry's, on in the... Which, I should say, I like the sitcom, but it is really an independent movie being spun out into a season when it should be an mm-hmm. hour and a half affecting comedy drama starring Matthew Perry that will appear on I the I can see how the they end. could stretch that into two or three seasons. I don't know. I don't think I think he becomes he moves from being like part of the group to being the coordinator. Yeah, of the group but I don't. Kind of I, I don't think that honestly, American audiences will have the patience on NBC. If it was a cable drama, yeah, it would okay. last. It would last, but it's on the wrong network. From so it gets dumped shows. from NBC and gets picked up by AMC. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's a, because I want John Chu as Jimmy Woo, yeah. and. Uh, and John Cho as Jimmy Woo, and then you say so. The female, Sharon you Carter. say Sharon Carter. Except a rumor has it that in the She'll Winter Soldier the they are casting Sharon Carter. How about uh, the Contessa, the and they're talking. Uh, yeah, I, and we said that the Contessa is who I think would be in there. Uh, Sharon Carter. They're talking to uh, Anna Kendrick. I don't know. And, Interesting. Uh, she was in um, the George Clooney. She was nominated for an Oscar for the Air Up There, and the uh, Air Up There, and another up, pr- up in the air, up in the air. 
Right. No, the air up there, that's the Kevin Bacon basketball movie, yes. isn't it? Okay. And, uh, Jim Adolin, Shake and Bake. So they're talking to her, and they're and also talking to the only the person only person alive with the name more British than Benedict Cumberbatch, and that is the, granted, very attractive young British actress, and I know that Nate is going to giggle when I say her name, Imogen Poots. <laughs> Poots. What's Poots. she in? Uh, I don't know. She's been in a couple things. It's like I've seen, and I've seen a couple of indie. Well, she's been indie. She's been in a couple of British films. She's okay. a decent actress, but her name is Imogen Poots, and so it's more British than Benedict Cumberbatch. So, what what kind of shield would you want out of that show? Because I can, I would want hardcore. I'd want the psychics in the basement. I know you would. I want the flying cars. It's like you don't even have to talk. Yeah. I know what you want, yeah. Rick. I know. I want LMDs. Does Joss Whedon care what you want is the question. I no, think I think Joss They does. can make it a good... Yeah, I would agree. I think that Joss Whedon would put in the LMDs. I think that's already mm-hmm. been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hinted at in the Avengers. Uh, and we didn't even talk about that. Did you see that somebody did... And I think this is a great idea. I don't know if they'll do that. But someone sculpted uh, a bust of... Agent Coulson of as the, the Vision. As Agent Coulson as the Vision. And that would be the movie thing. That would be the logical thing. You use the wow. main patterns of Agent Coulson, and then Clark Gregg can play the Vision. Or Clark Gregg could just be Agent Coulson, and they killed an LMD. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that, too. I'm I would be happy it. with either one. Yeah. Okay. Episode just one, he kid, shows up. Kid McCobb was thrilled to see that bust. He goes, <gasps> Agent Coulson, because I cried when he <laughs> Agent died. Agent Coulson lives. Yes. Uh, so, anyway. Um, okay. So, if you did the... If you did, I have another Jimmy Woo. Okay, you have another Jimmy Woo? Since The Walking Dead doesn't follow the comic, Glenn could die at any moment. And then he could be Jimmy Woo. And then he could play Jimmy Woo. Yes, okay. That's that's not a bad idea. And then... um, They did say some major character is going to die this season. Yeah. Because a major character always has has to die. die. Right, you know. Um, And, uh, yeah, so who would play the Contessa? I keep on coming back to Angelina Jolie, and that's not She's a just not going to do it. She's no. just not going to Courtney Cox. But she would be a good contestant. I don't Courtney, Courtney Cox? Cox would be a good... No. She's a TV uh, But she's not, she's not elegant kind of... The Contessa you has an you'd air get, about her. Uh, the one that was the... She was on Homicide, and she was on True Blood. The Monoc... The Monoc... Michelle... Um, Forbes. Michelle Forbes. Mm-hmm. She could pull off that she's a little old, not an insult because she's still a, a handsome woman. Yeah, but she is a little old for the Contessa. But I, but I, she could kick ass. She was also she was the lead in the uh, failed Global Frequencies pilot. Oh, so you've seen that? Have you seen that? I have it somewhere. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah, I'll find it. I'm okay. not sure where I put it. Got a couple it. Sharon Carters for you if they decide to throw her in there. Okay, go ahead. Olivia from Fringe. Or sticking with Chuck, Sarah from Chuck. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah, and then you, oh, Captain Awesome and Sarah will be reunited. You know, I think, actually, I think And then that Chuck sh- could play Sitwell. Sarah Sarah from Chuck. And Morgan with, could be Woo. Well, with, Chuck cannot be Sitwell because he is Fandral. Oh, that's, that's right. true. And the Warriors 3, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's already elsewhere in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And so far, mm-hmm. they have been reticent to double cast someone in the same studio right. shadow. Chris right. Evans, notwithstanding, 
<laughs> but you want to, I mean, just to, again, just because I, I love Captain America so much, is proof of Chris Evans is a really good actor is there is not a hint of Johnny Storm in his Steve no, Rogers. No, not at all. And I, I liked his Johnny Storm, too. I thought no, that was, it was perfect one Johnny of the Storm. Best, best things about the film. Yeah. So um, That's probably the best part about Captain America and the Avengers, that you never think of Reed Richards or Sue Storm or Thing or the Human Torch. We don't have time to think about them. We don't care. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're looking at the Human Torch the whole time, not saying, that's the Human Torch. What's he doing there? I know. I'm looking at him and saying, Captain America, save us. Please. Uh, Throw your mighty shield. Yes. Those who choose to oppose your shield must yield. All right. I know I ruined the scanning of it. But anyway. Um, and you want to talk about collection intervention. I'm afraid to watch this show. You have to watch this I will not watch this no, no, show. Here's, here's the I'm deal. enjoying the Toy Hunter. I watch and I love. I've gotten over the fact that he's telling me things I know. And he's telling these collectors. And I'm figuring these collectors must be going, yes, we know. That's why we bought this. Yeah. But I, I love the fact that each but one. But he's doing it for the audience, and, and and it's like okay, that's interesting. It's a conceit, and then I'm like going, I love it. And the fact that did you have you watched like when he found mm-hmm. a, a Transformers prototype? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he didn't know what that was. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, I don't even care about the Transformers, but you found it. It's like my dream. You know what I was hoping? What that that Transformer prototype was going to be some knockoff cost plus. Poop former? No, but it turned oh, well, that'd be too easy. I know. That's I know. awesome. No, the the thing about that, well, that show is, is great because of the uh, of the the fact that he always goes in and says, well, "How much do you think this is worth? How much? How much can I buy this from you?" And they say like a thousand dollars. He goes, "Well, yeah, that's what it's worth, but I can only pay you five hundred. Yeah, <laughs> because I've got to sell it for a thousand. Right. Yeah. And it's, oh, he and I talked like, about that. You know, yeah, and, and that's the big thing is, yeah. I mean, maybe you've ever tried to sell your comics, it's the same thing. Right. 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 So, but the you the have thing to about sell them on eBay, you got to do the work yourself. The thing about collector intervention is they give you collection these intervention. collection intervention. They give you these horror story looking previews with these whacked out crazy people, and by the end of the show, you're going. They're actually nice people, and they're not all that crazy. And they the 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 collector intervention woman actually came in there and made a positive change to their life. You know what? Let me say something, Rick. As yeah. I sit here in the Brett Cave looking around, <laughs> you keep telling yourself that because you're afraid she's going to show up. No. The Brett Cave is nothing close to the people no, that have been on yeah, this show. Those people are hoarders. Okay. Those people are like the 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 GI Joe guy. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the staircase, and the staircase is it's not just that there's a toy on every 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 step. It's they're stacked up five to six deep on every step going up to the second floor. Yeah. And there's a woman. The woman has a waterfall waterfall crystal bowl on her on her on her table, and it's full of GI Joe clothes. So, Rick, when I mocked you just now, that was the, the psychological condition known as projection. <laughs> uh, so, on uh, last night's episode, they yeah. had a guy who... Uh, Named Derek. He, no. 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 He had 30,000 comics in his apartment with where he lived with his fiance. In it was apartment. not a when big apartment. When did they film you? I don't have 30,000 comics. Yet. Yet. Uh, but I mean, let's be honest. I know how much space I have Uh and I know that I can't accumulate 30,000 comics and not put some of them in storage at the very least. Yeah. 
Yeah. My man's apartment had one whole wall, not just one whole wall of one room, but the wall all the way through the whole apartment, just long boxes stacked up on top of each other. So it's so like a big single room for front room and a bedroom off that with a bathroom kind of thing. It was uh, like a kitchen and a dining room, but the whole side was long yeah. boxes. So the, the fiance is like, I need a, I want to have people over. I want to have a dining room table where people can sit. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, I get it, but these are my comics. <laughs> it's good times. He needs a basement. But at the end, did he did he loosen up? Usually, it's just they're just trying to crack the veneer on getting him to loosen up well, and get see, rid the of thing some is, of the collection. The the lady respects the collection. Yes, she's not saying get rid of everything. Right. She's saying get stuff that really matters. Because he had a lot of comics, but really none of them were Golden Age, none of them were Silver Age. He had like newer stuff. He had run, he had long runs of like he had a lot of John Byrne on. Yeah, I sold all, a lot I of John I, Byrne I, I on sold a lot of that myself, so I could yeah, help you know at least save money so I could buy a house many 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 years ago. You know, and yeah, I get that. So he was he was upset because she took him to a uh, what's it called Frank and some Frank and Joe. Frankenstein's collection show or something like I've that. I've been there. Yeah, okay. In LA. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. East so LA. he went to that. Yeah, yeah. And he was upset. Matt Mastis sent me there. I was looking for a McDonald's Happy Meal toy, he which met, they didn't have. He met friend of the program, James Robinson, there. Oh, wow. Uh, his favorite writer, or one of, talked about Starman. He signed some Starman for him. And he kind of said, I have my Starman signed. I, know. <laughs> I watched him sign it. <laughs> you were there. That's right. Was it was a there. good day. It was a good day. I cried. Uh, but he was upset because he didn't want people thumbing through his books, picking out random stuff. Because he wants the whole complete run to be sold or not sold. He doesn't want to watch you go through his stuff and say, how much right. is this single book? He wants to sell a collection to his Because he doesn't want to be like, exactly. this is what yeah. he has to do. Exactly. Yeah. So he ended up, she took him to Golden Apple and he had like 12 long boxes with him, I think. Do they have the, the mom on there? The Golden Apple mom? No, who's that? The wife of the of original owner who passed away. So it's, it's a mother and son. Oh, uh, it must have been business. the son. It was a guy with a beard. Yeah, it's the son. So he's looking at the stuff, and he's and the guy's like, "I want a dollar a comic," and it was about two thousand comics. He's like, I can't give you two thousand bucks for it. I don't even know what was in the boxes. Yeah, and he ended up trading for Hulk one eighty one signed by Lynn Ween, which you know monetarily probably twelve hundred bucks right now, maybe. Yeah. I mean, in the condition it was in was what they were saying, but that's going to go up. Yeah, and his comics are going to stay. Yeah, fifty cents. Good deal. But he was hesitant because I don't even know why he was hesitant at that point. But well, because the 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 whole thing is people who have the collections have a yeah. connection well, to you them. Do, you do. That's I mean, what they're, they're getting. Their favorite things, but you know, like. Uh, Card, Card, Angelo, and I have talked about that. Like, you know, he's bought a couple of, well, many collections, really. And so that's the thing is, like, you know, you buy a collection, and he says, there's maybe three or four books in any collection that you can flip for a decent amount. And then the mm-hmm. rest is like, eh, okay. Dollar bin. Maybe somebody's going to come in and ask for this random thing, and I can complete a run of something. And, yeah. You know, so it is a crapshoot for these guys. And it's, again, the same thing. It's back to Jordan Hembro right. on the Toy Hunter is. Yeah, what can they turn around? When I sold my books many years ago, it was like it was Dick Swan, the big guy, long-time right. fixture in Bay Area comics dealing. 
And he said, well, you were my, and he, he still says, I run, a, run into him at a convention and he'll say that, you know, well, you were my friend. So that's why he says, I knew I was taking a lot of crap, but I got a few things out of that that I was able to turn around. Like I had a giant size X-Men number one, that that was the gold out of it. And this. see, she wouldn't let you sell that. Yeah, that was a different time. Okay, a different point in my life. Just shut up. We don't need to have this therapy right now. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so it's okay because all that matters to me is do I have the stories. Like I'll buy the trade paperback right. or something that was really right. good or, a, or an X-Men omnibus if I could lift them you know, that has like, uh, you know, where's the collection of every appearance of the Mimic, which I had, like every appearance of the Mimic. Yeah. That's, but I sold them because I thought, well, that's better. Well, you know, my kids can eat this month. Uh, we can pay the mortgage. So, you know. Yeah. You worry about those things. So, I think it's kind of cool that the, both these shows are on right now, though. I mean, it really yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a rationalization of of fandom and and that that well, we have our own hoarders or we have our own, um, you know, what's the show about dude, the we are American Pickers, American Pickers, or the other one about the uh, storage container storage wars, storage, storage wars. wars. The reality is, we are mainstream now. I yeah. mean, we're accepted, which makes us sound. Please. Our struggle for civil rights has been nothing compared to people actually struggling for civil rights. Don't get me wrong. And here. we learn interesting and, and useful information. For example, Nate, if you were to pick up a Barbie that had a TM on it versus an R, which one's more valuable? TM. That's right. Barbie TM. Okay. Barbie 1 TM. Because Barbie they originally one. used TM and then they went to R, so the oh, TMs were earlier wash. ones. And you got to make sure the uh, fingernail polish is uh, It's intact. still on there, yeah. Wow. And you can tell that it's been uh, exposed to light if the skin is faded. Under the clothes. I oh, mean, sure. Under, over the clothes, over it's the still clothes, tan. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, sure. No, I mean, cause you see, and, and I know this from certain Mego things where they used a bad plastic and turned mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, turned white, you know. Um, yeah. All right, so that's good. I got to catch up on these shows. You do. Ha you should watch. I, them. I yeah. should. I do want to mention that hopefully we'll have a more in-depth uh, review story. But but it did uh, come to uh, Rick and my attention this week. I think he forwarded it to you as well, Nate. That one of the greatest films in the history of cinema is coming Indeed, to Blu-ray. It's, it's, it's in, just oh, yes, in the middle of September. In the middle of, of September, finally getting Blu-rays. No, uh, finally no, getting no. getting the high def. Greater than the Avengers. Shut your. The fact that this, I, no, I know what I'm saying. I know it's a risk. An overlooked masterpiece, <laughs> starring, and it has a connection to the O.J. Simpson trial, starring that, Kato Kalin. And that movie is uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. No, it is not starring Kato, Kato Kalin. It is, oddly enough, it is starring Kato Kalin's best friend, O.J. Simpson, Grant Kramer. Oh. No, uh, so <laughs> it's. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is coming to Blu-ray, people, and you must get it. The greatest. Have you ever seen it? You've never seen it? No. The Citizen oh. Kane of Psycho Clown movies. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. What year did that come out? Uh, 80s, late 80s. Late 80s. Um, it's got a, a great soundtrack. A theme, a theme song, a soundtrack by the Dickies. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they travel the galaxy in a flying big top. Well, it's a spaceship that a spaceship turns into that, a big top uh, when it lands. And uh, they lure people in, and they turn them into cotton candy. <sighs> they then, wrap them in cotton candy. And then they liquefy them and suck them out. It's, yeah. it's a great... But great. the alien it doesn't just, even sound better than Big Trouble in Little China, which isn't better than Avengers. Although you shut your mouth, because Big Trouble in Little China is awesome. Big Trouble in yeah. Little China is one of the greatest <laughs> movies of all time. Yeah. So I would sit there. We... We should be like Harry Knowles. We should try to talk to the cameras and do like a fanboy planet 
bad movie <laughs> festival. And, and if you like that, because I'm out of stuff, if you if you would support such a thing in San Jose, let's know. Maybe we could talk to Dan Vado. Maybe we could set something up like Ooh. this. This would be an interesting thing to do. I've got a big projector screen. I'm, yeah. Friend of the program, Jason Compensating as well. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> compensating. All right, so uh, if you'd be interested in that or any idea that we've thrown out here, you just want to throw out more ideas at us, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com or talk to us on the Facebook page or tweet us, although I bet I'm bad about that. So uh, so talk to us on the Facebook page, and uh, <laughs> we will we will get back to you with that. And, of course, you can find us on iTunes. Please do. Uh, also subscribe, rate us, tell your friends. Uh, you can find us on the Stitcher app. Please, if you like what you're hearing, eh, drop a dollar or two on PayPal. Don't make it contingent, Bill Bossard, upon whether or not I walk with the zombies on Friday. I'm sorry. I have my kids that day. I'm not going to walk I'm actually with the thinking about dressing up, getting the makeup done and everything. Well, that's great. Are I'm, you going to groan when you the, walk? The problem is I want to take pictures, and I'm afraid that if I have makeup on my face, it's going to screw up the camera lens. I am sorry. Oh, the agony of being you right now. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, uh, so until next week, I will remain Derek McCaw. And uh, to my right. Hopefully until next week, I'll still be uh, Nate Costa. Yeah, yeah. And beyond. And beyond. And I am the perennial Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.